2: Restrictions apply. Prime membership required for add-on subscriptions. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. Seton,
3: what if I told you there's a bacon, then there's number one thick-cut, tastes-like-a-touchdown-in-your-mouth bacon?
1: You must be talking about Wright brand bacon, Mm -hmm. because they are not playing when it comes to the premium
3: quality of their bacon. It's thick-cut, hand-trimmed, and real would smoke real. And you could tell. So why settle for average bacon when you can have the real stuff? That's right. And if you're looking to upgrade any meal, any meal, try Wright Brand Bacon. That's called Wright Brand Bacon.
4: You won't regret it. Experience bacon the right way. You are listening to the Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Bengals beat the Steelers 27-17. It was less than a month ago we were comparing this year's Steelers to the 07 Patriots, wondering... They go undefeated. Now we're wondering, will they win a playoff game? Pittsburgh's dropped three in a row, including last night's shocking loss to the Bengals. If I just said, look at the stats and tell me who won that game, you'd go, well, Pittsburgh did. Because Bengals didn't do much, but neither did the Steelers. This is a Bengal team the Steelers had beaten 11 consecutive times. You got a veteran coach. You got a Hall of Fame quarterback. It's hard to understand what's gone wrong. We can say COVID. We can say injuries on the defensive side of the ball. We can say there was no running game. You're the Pittsburgh Steelers playing the Bengals. Joe Burrow wasn't playing. It was Ryan Finley. Receivers dropping the ball. No running game. But you know what was more alarming The Steelers got pushed around physically by Cincinnati. You don't expect that with the Mike Tomlin team. And the Steelers don't get a break in the final two weeks. They got the Colts, and I believe they're underdog against the Colts. And then they got the Browns to end the season. So they're going to go against two playoff teams. They got to rediscover some energy here that they had earlier in the season. We talked about this a while ago where I said you can't throw the ball 40 or 50 times. You just can't. And, you know, Ben is not capable of doing that week in and week out. Uh, He doesn't look sharp. I know he said, you know, the timing's not great that he said he wants to come back for another year. But they got to find something here and they got to find it quickly because they could be headed towards a very, very short postseason. And here we are talking about them. Could they go undefeated? I don't think anybody thought they were great. But I think uh, people thought, well, maybe there's some magic here. But, you know, they lost two really good young defensive players there. And without any running game, and the receiver's not holding on to the football, Ben, you know, Ben needs help to look good. You know, it's like Phillip Rivers with the Colts. You, You know, you need a team, it takes a village here. And Ben did not look good last night. They just looked like they were mailing it in, they went through the motions and i kept thinking don't let a young team that has no business winning this game almost become emboldened like they you could see the confidence level rising with the bengals and all of a sudden the steelers are then trying to match them you know 17-10 and i go okay maybe here they go and they never they never had that extra gear but give credit to the bengals they have nothing to play for and uh, they went out and won that game. Here is Mike Tomlin after last night's loss talking about sort of where is this team confidence-wise.
1: Mike, what's your sense uh, regarding your team's confidence
5: level? And uh, are you concerned it's getting a little fragile? <laughs> Should we better not be confident after, after a performance like that. Uh, I'm not concerned about our confidence. Uh, we just we got work to do.
4: Yeah, and you got two weeks to kind of figure this out before you get to the postseason. But we'll talk to Tony Dungy uh, coming up. Like, what happened? Because the Steelers, you know, they were winning games. They may not have looked impressive. I go back to that game against the Ravens. What was that, like a Wednesday morning game? I I forget. You know, this NFL season's been crazy. Might have been Wednesday morning, you know, like a 7.30 kickoff. And I'm watching going... The Ravens have no business being in this game. Steelers were dropping the football. They just kind of went through the motions again. This time of the year, you look for these teams that are peaking. that that There's that uptick on them. The teams that are really fighting to get into the postseason. And it felt like the Steelers got to a certain level, and then they leveled off. And you can't let that happen. And they're paying the price right now. All right, McLovin, what kind of poll question do you have for me?
2: Okay, off the Sealers' loss, who is the least scary AFC playoff team?
6: (laughs) Uh, If I gave you these choices, the Bills, the Sealers, the Browns, the Ravens, the Colts, or the Titans. I'm not putting the Chiefs in there. Who's the one team you want to face in the first round of the playoffs?
4: Well, I would say Pittsburgh. I know it's recency bias, but I think it's not just last night recency. It's the last couple of weeks where you look at them and you go, they're kind of paper lions here. They don't, they don't strike me as formidable. And, uh, you know, they, they've kind of proven that. Yeah, McLovin. But if we put that poll up, don't you think the Browns still win that just because of history? I wouldn't pick. I wouldn't say that because the Browns, to me, are peaking. Like, they're, they're doing what you're supposed to do to close out a regular season. You know, you beat a Giants team, that you might say, okay, they're the Giants. You went to the Giants, and that's a Giants team that's played well played hard and could still win that division winning those games is really important that's why when you go well they're playing the Giants well the Steelers were playing the Bengals so I have to use you know the same thought process same formula to go well they're playing the Giants you're playing the Bengals and you couldn't beat the Bengals so what's you know if you look at the uh, who's more formidable well the Giants are more formidable and the Browns ended up winning that game so I would The Browns are not going to be an easy out. And I I might be in the minority here. It comes down to Baker Mayfield. If Baker plays the way he's played, don't try to do too much. You don't get style points in the NFL. You just want points. Run the football, play some good defense, don't make mistakes, and you're going to be a tough out, in my opinion. But if Pittsburgh is one-sided, one-dimensional... I mean, imagine being one-dimensional. Your receivers don't hang on to the football. You've got a quarterback who, he wasn't mobile. He's really immobile now. And you got suspicions about his knee and his arm. Other than that, and your defense isn't going to win games for you the way it once did. Pittsburgh's, Pittsburgh got a lot of, they got to look in the mirror and go, who are we now? And, or can we reclaim what we once were? Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 to noon Eastern or 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Dan Patrick Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app.
0: There are some things that are too good to keep a secret, like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip.
4: For 12 ounces, fewer calories, fewer carbs than premium regular beer. Miller Lite.
2: As you may have realized, I watch a lot of sports. Like, a lot. That's why I like Prime Video. It has all my live sports and docs in one app. Like Giannis, the Marvelous Journey, and the National Women's Soccer League, both included with Prime. Through uh, week 12 the
4: Steelers had a one game lead on Kansas City for the number 1 seed. They held the tiebreaker over Kansas City. Now, Steelers have dropped to the number 3 seed behind Kansas City and Buffalo with only a tiny chance of being number 1 as we bring in the Hall of Famer Football Night in America analyst Tony Dungy. Tony, what happened to the Steelers as of late?
6: Well I thought it could possibly happen four or five weeks ago. I, I think they lost their identity a little bit they're winning games uh, not winning them in steel or style and I think it's caught up with them but you know Dan, it really it's so reminiscent to me of our team in Indianapolis in 2006. We were nine and0 off to a great start. we're winning games close but finding ways to win. And then we hit a stretch in November and December where we we really struggled and in fact, in december we lost the game to jacksonville 44 to 17. fell from the number one seed all the way to number three everybody said the season was over six weeks later we're hoisting the super bowl trophy we were able to get it corrected but these guys they're going to have to start running the football they're going to have to get some confidence in their offensive line where they can throw some deep balls i think people have caught up to this five- and 6 yard passing game, and they're going to have to do something different on offense. I think it starts with getting that identity. Hey, we're the Steelers. we got to be able to run the ball in December.
4: Well, that's what stood out more than anything else. The Bengals were more physical than the Steelers were last night, and I never thought that I would see that. I mean, this is a Bengal defense. I mean, we really don't know the Bengals. Steelers got household names, and it didn't matter last night. The Bengals were the far more the aggressor.
6: Bengals could not or would not throw the ball or felt like they didn't have to. They threw for about 80 yards. They're controlling the the game, controlling the line of scrimmage, and then defensively the same way. They just say, hey, we're going to rush the passer. We're going to sit down and play tight coverage. We don't think you're going to run. We don't think you're going to throw deep. So it's can you get these balls off before our pressure gets there, and can your guys get open in a five- or six-yard space? And it was too difficult.
4: Okay, but what's Mike Tomlin do? I guess there's something, it's not magical. Like, what do you do? You got two games left against the Colts and the Browns, and then you go into the
6: playoffs. Well, you can get it back. Well, I'll tell you what I did in 2006. I said, we aren't making any changes. We aren't bringing in any new people. There's no saviors. What we're going to do is get back to basics. We're going to cut down on our defenses. We're going to cut down on our offensive plays. But we were able to practice back then. You could put pads on and you could practice tackling. You could practice blocking. I'm not sure they can do that now. And that's part of the problem.
4: Ben says he's coming back next year. Is that good for the Steelers?
6: I think it depends on the way this season ends up. Uh, If he plays like they they played at the beginning of the year, and Ben can be very, very good. At the beginning of the year, they're balanced, and James Conner's running the ball, and they're hitting deep shots to chase Claypool, and everybody's saying Ben's back. Well, somehow that's been gone. They've lost the confidence that they can run the ball. And for some reason, I think maybe it's because of the pass protection. It was not very good last night off both edges. And maybe he's feeling like, I can't sit in the pocket and wait on these deep balls so they've just become very limited on offense right now
4: but also if you're looking at this defense you lose bud dupree you lose bush i mean these are two really really good players so you can't win games with just your defense
6: you are not the same defense and i know mike tomlin's not going to make excuses i wouldn't make excuses as a coach but you take out basically four of your best playmakers at linebacker you take out bush who was a tremendous player. And then his replacement, uh, um, guys, help me with the Spillane, comes in and we don't even know him and he plays good ball. And now he's out and they've got a backup safety man playing there and he gets hurt last night. Bud Dupree, your second best pass rusher, you had that double edged effect and now you don't have it coming off the other side. So they're they're missing some elements that make the Steelers defense. Uh, I can understand their defense. Their offense has to, step it up and say, you know what? We are missing those guys. We've got to score more. We've got to control the ball. We've got to run it and and control the clock. And that's not what they're doing right now.
4: He's Tony Dungy, the Hall of Famer, course analyst for Football Night America. All right, let's look at all of these teams in the AFC because the AFC is stacked. Once we get to the playoffs, you know everybody's got a flaw here. But let me start with Kansas City. I mentioned a stat that they really allow you to stay in games here. And and that's going to come back and haunt them. I look at these last wins, Tony, their last six, 2.43663. 2.43663. 6, 6, 3. Come playoff time, they may not get that lucky.
6: Dan, I am worried about the Chiefs. I really am. I think they're bored. I think they're playing with fire. I think they feel like they can do whatever they want to do. You look at that game Sunday, and you're never going to see Drew Brees play as badly as he played they had the ball for 40 minutes they uh, outgained them by 200 yards new orleans has a ton of penalties that keep things going um just their best pass rusher gets kicked out of the game all these things and then it's a three-point game at the end and they've got to make a, a play to to win the game lady bell has got to make a run to run the clock out that game should have been a, a three score game and we've seen it over and over and over again and they always on that last drive when they need it they turn it on they make a play But in the playoffs, one game knockout, all of a sudden that ball gets tipped on third down or, you know, something happens. I just think they're playing with fire.
4: And then you start to look at these other teams, the team that would have the best chance to knock off Kansas City, because you're going to have to go to Kansas City to knock them off. So who would have the best chance, in your opinion, in the AFC?
6: Well, forget about defense because the Saints played the best you can play. They harassed Mahomes and they got 32 points. So if you're going to knock them off, you have to score points. So who can go in there, play a semblance of defense, rush the passer with four guys, but move the ball and score points. Uh, Tennessee can move the ball and score points and that ground game could be effective. I don't know if they have the defensive personnel to really hold them down. Maybe Buffalo has the best chance that that you know they're scoring and Josh Allen's playing great. Maybe they can match them with big plays and just get enough of a pass rush uh, to do it. But Kansas City went into Buffalo and and dominated that game, running the football early in the year. So I, I'm not sure it's will Kansas City play up to their standard. If they play up to their standard for two games, I, I don't think anyone can beat them.
4: Yeah, I was wondering about the Titans, uh, you know, because you got Derrick Henry. And, you know, can he keep his defense off the field long enough so they're fresh every time they go on there against Patrick Mahomes? I like the Colts. I think the Colts are a really balanced team. I just don't know about Phillip Rivers in a big moment, Tony.
6: Well, the Colts would have a chance too because they can move the ball. They they've got a good offensive line. They they could protect Rivers enough. They can hit some deep shots. Kansas City is going to give you a chance on some deep balls because they're going to play bump and run. They're going to blitz you. T. Y. Hilton, Pascal, those guys have a chance to to make some big plays. They can rush the passer if Justin Houston and DeForest Buckner could pressure without blitzing. Now you make a couple of plays. Um, you could hang in there in a high-scoring game. They, they would have an opportunity, I think.
4: Let's look at the NFC. Feels like everybody's flawed here. Uh, Green Bay might looks like they're going to have home field advantage here, but uh, a run defense concerns me here, Tone. I don't, I don't that know. That run
6: defense is going to get tested this week, too. <laughs> yes, it is.
4: They're going to get a good idea of how good they yes. are against uh, Derrick Henry. It
6: will really be interesting because it's strength against weakness uh the the titans do not really have a great secondary they don't rush the passer well that is you know terminal against aaron Rodgers. but their achilles heel green bay is run defense and derrick henry is going to pound it up inside and keep those pass rushes at bay i I think we could see a real entertaining high scoring game Uh, but green bay in that weather they get the cold weather uh what team can go up there really tampa bay are they going to go up there and light it up uh, in cold weather, I doubt it.
4: But even like Seattle, I could see them with Russell Wilson and you know traveling and, and pulling off an upset there. Um, I don't know about the Rams. I I am I, you know every time I think I understand the Rams, you know they surprise me here.
6: I was touting them as the best team in football three weeks ago. I thought their defense was coming around. They can pressure the the passer. They played physical, and then that run game just kept. Uh, Really, Jared Goff in good situations where he was throwing outside the pocket to open receivers. But when you take that runaway and you make them really push the ball down the field, they struggle. And and then, you know, the the, uh, the Jets game just did not look good on any front. So if you're capable of playing a game like that when you're fighting for home field advantage, that that was disappointing.
4: How many stockings do you have behind you, Tone?
6: <laughs> that is uh, actually, uh, that should be 12. Two for Lauren and I and all the kids. Yeah.
4: You didn't even know.
6: <laughs> I had to recount. <laughs> I had to recount.
4: You have 12 stockings back there. So you and your wife and then.
6: 12 days of Christmas. Yeah. And 10 kids.
4: <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> do you ever forget anybody's name?
6: I do. I was thinking about that as I went. Dad asked me, everybody, can I get them all? And I could get them all. Don't know if I could get them in order, but I could get them all.
4: Uh, The uh, Kevin Green passing away at the age of 58. You know, that that seems like the last generation of those that just played football and they weren't worried about their health. I don't know, you know, what Kevin died of, but at age 58, and he was one of the great pass rushers, there was almost a – Uh, a WWE feel he was a wrestler out there he embraced it the hair he didn't mind being a bad guy he was entertaining uh what comes to mind when I say Kevin Green
6: oh just a, a warrior and that one really hurts Dan we all went in the 2016 class and when you go in as a hall of fame class you become close you're like brothers and you stay in touch with each other and to to have one of our classmates pass away, it really, really, it, it hit hit hard. Yeah. Uh,
4: good to talk to you, and uh, Merry Christmas. Hopefully, it's uh, great. What's how young is your youngest?
6: Five. Oh, okay. <laughs> Gosh. So, so we're still opening Christmas presents and oh. going through that. Yeah. Oh. Our oldest daughter's thirty-five now, so we we've got a nice thirty-year spread. In oh there. my God.
4: <laughs> unbelievable there's a special place in heaven for you tone i would say uh, well i'll tell you what <laughs> keep the seat warm for I, me but i don't know if i'll join you but you know
6: <laughs> well we'll talk about that we'll talk about how to get you up there. <laughs> thank you. i love the i love the outfits i love the set tell those guys they did a great job with the set
4: thank you buddy uh merry christmas thank you again all right
6: that's Thanks, a, DP. great to talk to you
4: tony dungy hall of famer hall of fame dad as well be
2: sure to catch the live edition of the Dan Patrick Show weekdays at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app.
4: I was watching the Eagles game against the Cardinals, and I was enjoying the commentary by to Tlaib, the Fox Sports analyst, five-time pro bowler, won a Super Bowl with the Broncos, and now working for Fox. And to uh, Tlaib joining us on the program. How would you rate your performance so far, Aqib?
5: <laughs> I don't have to rate it, man. I you know, I just I, I just go out and uh try to have a little fun. So, you know, I, I got pretty good feedback. I rated off the feedback, so you know, I got pretty good feedback uh from the guys over at Fox. So I bet I guess it was decent. But also it's really
4: important to get people who are gonna be honest with you. Because a lot right. of people just say, Hey man, sounded good. And if they say that, then say, well, what did you like? Like you gotta, if you really want to know, if, if you approach this the way you did as a defensive back, Hey, I want to be great. How do I be great? You have to approach it the same way. And hopefully you got some people who won't just go, yeah, that was good, man. I enjoyed it. Ask them, or was there anything that I, you didn't like? Because if you, if you do ask those questions, you might get some answers that can really help you.
5: Right, right. That's and, and I do, I do that, Rich. I, I mean, damn, I'm sorry, I do that. Uh, I I got some people on my team who brutally honest. So, I think uh, from week one, from the first game to the second game, I think I improved, and I think it, it had a lot to do with uh, the the criticism that I received from people who I asked.
4: But also, you're looking at this from a defensive perspective, or at least I get that feeling. A lot of analysts or offensive, you know, players, former quarterbacks are you purposely looking at it from a different perspective because you played defensive back
5: well i i think i look at it i just watch the game and talk about it as i see it so naturally i see it as a defensive person a defensive perspective so i think i call the game that way so i think i think that just comes naturally
4: and then you start to uh, break things down. Like, it's weird to watch a game that way. Are you watching off the monitor? Or are you watching the actual game itself?
5: Well, I watch, I watch the actual game itself. So I, watch, uh, I just watch and see what coverage they in. Once the play starts, I see what coverage they're in. My eyes kind of move to the quarterback, and I see where he throw the ball at, and I, I know kind of what he's throwing the ball into you know, because I know what coverage they're in. So I always start with the defense, see what they're playing first, and then my eyes move to the offense. But I'm watching the game off the field itself.
4: And I love that you just tell it as it is. It, I feel like I'm watching a game with a former player, but not a former player who went to broadcast school. You're just saying, hey, this is what I see, and this is what I'm saying, and and, and it's refreshing. And I And I hope you're able to – still be yourself because a lot of times the executives come in or producers or directors and then they want to change you a little bit. I, I like that it's it's not polished, but I didn't expect it to be because you're still you're starting out and trying to figure all of this out. but it feels honest to That's probably the best com- compliment I can give you. It feels honest in what you're telling me when you're breaking things down. Are you worried about being too honest in that position?
5: Uh, I'm not, I'm just, I go off the, uh, the audition during a pandemic. I had an audition and, uh, we kind of did it over the zoom call. We caught a game, me and uh, Kevin Burkhart called a game over zoom. And I just, uh, however I called the game on there, it was, it was good enough for, for me to sign a, a three game deal with Fox. Oh, good. So, you know, uh, if it was good enough to, to do that, then it was, it was good enough to give me a second game, you know, so I, I only know one way to do it. You know what I'm saying, Dan? I don't. I don't know how to not be myself. And the executive hasn't came in and told me to not be myself and not be honest yet. So I'm only. I only know one way to do it. So that's the way I'm doing it.
4: Who's picking out the game day outfits there for you?
5: Oh, I am. I am. I'm doing all the all the, <laughs> all the wardrobe. I always been a, 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 a dresser of myself. You know, but uh, but I, I have a suit lady. I have a suit lady at, at the company Elevate. And uh, she always does a great job. I kind of give her the feel what I'm kind of going for. And she always do a great job uh, bringing it to life.
4: Who would you rather face, Kyler Murray or Jalen Hurts?
5: Oh, that's a tough question. Uh, They're both so similar. They bring a lot of stuff to the table. As far as, man, when that pass play break down, they can turn the running backs and they both uh throwing the ball super good right now as well. Man, that's a tough question, man. You are gonna have your hands full with either one, Dan? Yeah, but you got to
4: pick, though, Akib. Come on, you're an analyst now.
5: <laughs> I'd rather play. I'd rather play. I'd rather play Jalen Hurts, Kyler Murray. He just got another year of experience under his belt. I think he's a little further along in his uh in his progression right now. So as of right now, today, yeah, I take Jalen Hurts. What was the this- play against Jalen Hurts? What was the
4: scouting report on Roethlisberger when you, when you played?
5: Uh, that, that he'll hold the ball, create that extra second. He was in that category with those quarterbacks. The, the ones that you got to, instead of two and a half seconds, we got to guard our receiver for three and a half seconds. Cause big ben he will shake a guy off. And, uh, He'll create the extra second. Uh, What else we had on Big Ben? He had a great deep ball. If if a guy covered, he'd still try with a great deep ball. And uh, as far as Big Ben, not Pittsburgh, as far as Big Ben, that was probably the main two things that I had in my notebook. Yeah. Uh,
4: And then you played against and with Brady. Definitely. What what is, is that book still accurate of if you were facing Tom now as opposed to, you know, five, seven years ago?
5: Uh, it's different. It's different. It's changing. A different offense, man. It was a lot of quick game, a lot of over the middle, inside the numbers, scenes. It was a lot of those kind of passes. Now it's, it's – the field is definitely stretching with that Bruce Arians offense. So it's, it's you have some adjustments. It's some. It's something still vintage, vintage Tom Brady still in that offense, but – it's definitely a lot more, a lot more passes downfield for Tom. Didn't you say back in March? I think that uh, Brady was leaving
4: the Patriots. Is that right?
5: Uh, I might have. I mean, this is this what y'all do? Y'all are supposed to be able to bring the recording up? And, uh, you know? <laughs> uh, but I definitely, I had, I had the feeling it was over. I remember, I, I remember me saying, I think the the marriage is over, man. It's it's, it's burnt out. I remember saying it's burnt out. I think. And uh, I remember predicting that uh, Tom was going to move on.
4: Yeah. And and it's a weird thing, though, just to see him, you know, in in Tampa. um, Did you get yelled at by Belichick?
5: Uh, I did. I think just about everybody got yelled at by (laughs) Belichick. So, yeah, practice, definitely definitely in practice uh, a few times in the game. Yeah, Bill, he's not going to bite his tongue, so. If you in the mix, if you in the game, in the mix, you're probably going to get yelled at from them, you know what I'm saying, sooner or later.
4: He's Akeem Tlaib, the Fox NFL analyst, five-time Pro Bowler, won the Super Bowl with the Broncos, Super Bowl 50. This Friday, the Vikings take on the Saints. Special Christmas Day matchup coverage begins at 3.30 Eastern on Fox, NFL Network, and streaming on Prime Video. Do you have any beef left over with somebody that, you know, that's not going away even though you're not playing anymore? Are you still Are Are you mad at anybody?
5: No, nah, no, nah, I never really played mad at mad at nobody. I mean, some somebody do something disrespectful in the game. I usually handle it, but you know, I kind of kind of leave it leave it where it's at. I don't beef with nobody in the NFL right now, man. A lot more friends than enemies in the NFL.
4: Who's the wide receiver that you you lined up and you knew this is gonna be a long day?
5: Calvin Johnson. Yeah, uh, I followed him around. I think three times or two times in my career. And I think I played against him uh, maybe four times in my career. And uh, every time, man, watching it on tape, I'm like, this guy's the best. Then when we got to the game, it definitely translated and he was definitely the best in the game.
4: Who's the quarterback you loved to face?
5: Quarterback who I loved to face? Oh, let me go back, take you. Jason Campbell, I'm going to go back a little bit. man. I, I enjoy playing against Jason Campbell. Uh felt like he was on my team some of the time <laughs> 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 no nah, i definitely i definitely love him. He threw me three interceptions one game <laughs> oh man I, I i seen him in a lobby uh, uh, i seen him in a lobby at a hotel one time in miami super Bowl time told him he was my favorite quarterback. <laughs>
4: Definitely, definitely Jason Campbell. Oh, that is so good. Wow. <laughs> did he think that it was a compliment, or did he know? <laughs> no,
5: I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. It was, it was Super Bowl time, so, you know, it was a young league, Super Bowl time, man. I had a couple guys with me. My brother was with me, man. He was oh, hanging out. Oh, man. into the room, so... That is I rough. He, I think I think coming from me, he probably knew what I was talking about. <laughs> well, I think he would remember
4: he threw three picks, and uh, so if you walk up to him, and he's like, "You're my favorite quarterback, man." He's probably... Yeah, he knew exactly what <laughs> I meant. <laughs> hey, well, good luck with uh, you know uh, the rest of the year. Hopefully, you got some more games in there, and uh, we appreciate your time, Akib. Appreciate too. Thank you. I'll take care. All right, that's to Talib. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. He is.
0: And you will not believe where he's going next. The MX Dedicated Card Member entrance for the win!
1: Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER.
2: As you may have realized, I watch a lot of sports. Like, a lot. That's why I like Prime Video. It has all my live sports and docs in one app. Like Giannis, The Marvelous Journey, and the National Women's Soccer League,
4: Searching for a job can be a lonely process. Endless searching, phone calls that go nowhere, nobody's on the other end, applications that vanish. It's time to find a better way to find a job. Express Employment Professionals, the local jobs expert that you can trust. They never charge a fee when they help you with your job search. Go to ExpressPros.com, find the office nearest to you. Let the professionals help at Express Pros. Express Employment Professionals. It's your one connection for getting a job. Visit ExpressPros.com today and good luck. I always love listening to Nick Wright, First Things First on Fox Sports 1. And I agree with a lot of things that he says. And then Fritzie goes, uh, Nick Wright's got a problem with you. I go, okay. So what's the problem, Nick? I hear you don't like the picture we use when we're promoting the fact that you're going to be on our show.
3: Well, listen, I mean, I've been on TV a few years. I've been a semi-public person for the better part of a decade. You have a lot of pictures to choose from, yet you choose one where I have a shaved head and a double chin, and I feel like this is intentional. I mean, you have a you have an army of team around you, mountain of resources. There's a lot of images, some flattering, some not, and some hmm. the one you chose. So, yeah, I do have a bit of a problem with that
4: okay. somewhat. So you think that I went out of my way to make you look bad?
3: Yeah, I think I'm not going to name names here, but there is an all-time Pantheon great sports radio host who I believe once upon a time back in the day used to intentionally choose bad fill-in hosts. (laughs) So when he came back, people were like, oh my God, you're the greatest. I think Dan Patrick... Chooses ill-fitting pictures for his guests. So it's like, man, even in his older years, that damn Patrick, that's a good-looking guy. Nick, you
4: it. chose boldness. I didn't. You chose it. I shaved it.
3: my head to add an edginess to me. <laughs> and, it, it, and it rose me to the heights I have sent to me. And then I grew my hair out. I was,
4: I was afraid of bold Nick. I'm not afraid no, of this Nick.
2: Yeah, I know I'm soft. Yeah, it's true.
4: Yeah, it's true. Yeah. You are soft. I, I just would, I got on a, uh, a rant here. I was wondering, and let, let's say when Durant is done, Steph Curry's done, like, are they top 10 players of all time? Oh. And it and if so, who are we taking out? Because we can't have 15 guys in a top 10. That is Dan. What a wonderful question, because I
3: just completed, I haven't yet released it, uh, a project I've been working on for a year, the 50 best players of the last 50 years. Okay. So Kareem to now. Okay. So Will, Russell, Elgin, Oscar, Jerry, Mike, and those guys are not being included. And on that list, Durant is 12, Steph is 13. So ahead of them, Dr. J, Moses, Shaq, I'm going kind of in reverse order, 12 to 1. Shaq, Akeem, Bird, Kobe, Duncan, Magic, Kareem, Michael, LeBron. There might have been one name I left, so i was doing it off the top of my head. But Durant's, Durant's 12, Steph is 13, according to that. No, I don't – and if you include Wilt and Russell and Jerry West and Oscar, you got to move each of those guys down another four spots – So, no, I don't think it's likely for either of those guys to become top 10 of all time. And if we're just doing the modern era, I think they could. But, like, you got to move past Dr. J and Moses Malone. And then you got to move past Shaq or Akeem just to get to the top 10, at least in my eyes. I think Dr. J is totally underrated, but that's neither here nor there.
4: I saw him play against the Kentucky Colonels and ABA.
3: Well, yeah. And well, I would,
4: that's why he's underrated. Oh my gosh. Like I I and I whenever he would play against the Nuggets, I always felt bad for Bobby Jones. Bobby Jones was supposed to be this defensive star. And Dr. J left his great game on the playgrounds and in the ABA. And then what we got in Philadelphia, you got to see glimpses when they lost to the Blazers in the NBA Finals and Doc was so unbelievable in the NBA Finals, but uh, I'm with you. I just don't I don't know why he doesn't get recognized as one of the top 10 15 players of all time.
3: Because of the because listen, he was in the ABA and it is off the top of my head. I think he won 3 ABA MVPs. I think he won the they didn't have an ABA Finals MVP award. They had a playoff MVP award. He won two or three of those. He won championships there. And when he got to Philly, he did take them to... Th- four NBA finals, at least three NBA finals. They couldn't get over the hump, but they were up against awesome teams. And then once Moses joins him, that might be the greatest team ever. 83 Sixers, 86 Celtics, 01 Lakers, 2017 Warriors are like, you know, all in the argument and probably I'm probably leaving out one of the Showtime Lakers. So yeah, but it's because his career is split. ABA The NFL comp I would give, not that this is a top 10 guy, 12 guy of all time. Warren Moon is historically underrated because we just were like, ah, he played in the CFL and was great there. It's like, no, he was the best player in the league by a mile when he was there. That's what Dr. J was.
4: Yeah, Dr. J, it's almost like he got to the NBA. It's like Kareem in the 70s, Kareem in the 80s. It was a different player. And you don't realize how dominating Kareem was when he first got to Milwaukee, a couple of things here, better chance to reach the NBA. final. I'm going to bounce around here. Yeah, um, please. Uh, better chance to reach the finals, the nets or the Sixers.
3: Sixers. Here's the, here's the thing with the nets. The nets are going to have the number one offense in basketball. I would be, I'd be shocked if they even have the number two offense, their offense is going to be so dynamic and Joe Harris is going to become a household name because he's going to hit a million open threes. They are going to have a bottom five, not 10, not 15, a bottom five defense, and I don't know how you solve it. I just don't know. And you can't win multiple playoff rounds with that type of defense. There's no historical precedent for it. Um, The Sixers, on the other hand, I think are going to be good right off the bat, but their plan B is acquire James Harden. So it's like they're either going to be really good or if they're not, you just go acquire James Harden because there's not going to be a package for him better than Ben Simmons. So I really, and Embiid, if you look at Embiid's statistical profile and remove last year, he looks like he's going to be a 30 and 15 guy. Two years ago, Embiid was 28, 14, two and a half blocks, went to game seven, you know, against Kawhi and the Raptors, they lose on a bucket. He could have made the finals a couple of years ago. Last year was a down year for him. He is Luca is who I would bet on and who I did bet on. The NBA won't give me a vote for awards, which is really criminal. There should be an investigation. But since I don't have one, I can gamble on it. So I bet a lot of money on Luca. But if Luca doesn't win it, my pick would be Durant and then Embiid would be the top three.
4: Yeah, I might go Durant as well. Um, and and I I don't know if there's Greek freak fatigue.
3: He can't win it.
4: No way. Well, I'm guessing he probably can't because, okay, let's say he averages what he averaged or improves a little bit and their best record in basketball. We've seen all of these things and it feels like the voters want something new. And And
3: like in the last 50 years, the only guy to win three in a row was Bird and Bird was doing it in the midst of winning titles. Yeah, And it's like, wow, he's really, he's just the best player in the league on the best team. I think that one of the reasons I like Luca is I think Giannis is a I think Giannis could average 34, 17, and six and won't win it. Harden, no chance at winning it. He's in in it every year, but I feel like his nobody's gonna reward how that's gone, right? Yeah. LeBron is going to play fewer games this year than maybe he has at any point in his career. Anthony Davis, it's hard for me to believe voters at the end of the year are gonna be like, you know what? The most valuable player in the league is a guy I know isn't the most valuable player on his own team. So that hurts Anthony Davis for Steph, The warriors are going to be fighting to make it to the playoffs. So now who are we talking about? You know what I mean? You're like running out of people. I think KD is a really good option, but I think Luke is going to average 30, 10 and nine. And if that team's a top four seed that that'll win the MVP. I
4: I like to watch bad teams, Nick, but I have to invest in a bad player on a bad team. Or a, a good, team. good good, player on a bad team, I should say. Okay. So LaMelo Ball has come to my rescue. I'm yeah. all in on LaMelo Ball. I'm all in. I think he is. He makes them, the Hornets, not must-see TV, but must stop to watch a little bit of them, which would be a new phrase here. But I don't know where you stand on LaMelo Ball, but I'm all in. Well... You know, you haven't asked me about gambling, so I'll bring it up a second
3: time. Not that I have an issue. I bet a lot of money because I think that – I think people are going to consume the Hornets just like that. Lamelo's going to have nights where he's three for 17. Guess what? No one's going to know. But he's going to have nights where he shows up all over SportsCenter. And, well, SportsCenter, that's a thing people used to watch. First things first on FS1 is where they know the sports information highlights. Um, And he's going to be top of mind. The Warriors want to win. So I don't think Weissman is going to get, you know, necessarily all the minutes, all the touches. And then we, I know Obi Toppin is like a popular pick with mm. the Knicks. I don't know. I think Lamelo is going to have good numbers and good highlights. And it's not an overwhelmingly strong rookie class. I know that's unfair to say they haven't played a game yet, but in my eyes, it's not. I think Lamelo is a good pick. I think Lamelo also is going to be better than his brother. His I do not too. A bad player, but yeah, I
4: think he's going to be. No, I do, too. I mean, I think he's a legitimate matchup problem. He can get to the hoop, right hand, left hand. Uh, His shot, while it's too low for me, uh, at least it's you have to at least acknowledge it on defense. But um, I like him. Now, the reason why I was going to have you on, believe it or not, was you said something about the Kansas City Chiefs where you talked about them. This might be the best road performance that we've seen. Now, I'm paraphrasing here. Yeah. Uh, because I'm usually combing my hair and putting makeup on while I'm, you know, listening to First Things First, because I like to see Jen and Wolf on there. Um, the Hopefully. the Chiefs are having historically one of the greatest road seasons of all time. Ever. Right? Yeah. Okay.
3: I mean, so they're 8-0 on the road. Eight teams have ever done that. And what they've done on the road is beat... Preseason Super Bowl co-favorite Baltimore at the beginning of the year before Baltimore had shown some weaknesses, went to Miami, scored 30 consecutive points when Miami was playing at its best, went to Tampa when Tampa was playing its best, beat them, went to New Orleans, and I understand Breeze was obviously not himself, but controlled that game and take away what the Saints offense did. The Saints defense – Had been number one in football for six weeks, hung 32 on them, went to Oakland when Oakland was six and two or six and three and avenged that loss, their one loss of the year, and went to Buffalo and beat them. And their other two road games are the divisional games, Chargers game very early in the year and annihilating Denver. I mean, you've got six road victories over playoff caliber teams and three over the five Super Bowl co-favorites, essentially, or, or the five or the six. So, yeah, I just I I feel like it's hard to show me a season where someone had a better road performance.
4: These numbers concern me, though, Nick. And and Tony Dungy was on first hour, and he said, "I think the Chiefs are bored. They won by two, four, three, six, six, three in their last six games. They won the games. They allow teams to hang around, and that's that's what's interesting come playoff time for me."
3: So allow me, I'm going to glance down because I have this saved on my phone. The, the final margins are not overly impressive. What is impressive is they're never in jeopardy. So by that, I mean, the last time the Saints had the ball with a chance to take the lead midway through the third quarter for the Dolphins, it was in the second quarter for the Bucs. It was in the first quarter. For the Bills, it was in the third quarter. For the Ravens, it was in the second quarter. So they certainly take their foot off the gas, get bored a lot, but they they seem to – they never – there hasn't been a moment in the last two months where it's like, man, if the Chiefs – they have to get this stop or they lose. The only game that came close to that was Carolina when Joey Sly was kicking a 67-yard field goal to try to beat them. Like that wasn't a real thing. And I do think, Dan, if you the Saints game, yeah, listen, it shouldn't have been as close as it was. And the Chiefs are just just addicted to letting teams backdoor cover. I mean, they, they, they've won six in a row and didn't cover any of the games. That never happens. But I the Saints scored that touchdown with 206 left and two timeouts against every team in all of NFL history. You kick off and try to you stop them. I do wonder if against the Chiefs you have to consider onside kick there. If it's like if we give it to Mahomes, and he needs a first down, he's gonna get it. Like he's just gonna get it. So I just I think this is team is not gonna lose until next season
6: sometime.
4: He's Nick Wright, Fox Sports One, and you've angered the bald community because you can grow hair. You wanted an yeah. edge and you shaved your head. And now yeah. you're kind of thumbing your nose at the bald Nick Wright. Here's poor Todd Fritz. Todd can't. Todd once to looked like Mark Ruffalo, and, and take the hat off, Todd. Like oh, yeah. Nick should understand that. Like,
3: there, Dan, somewhere in America, there is a bald man who loves the Los Angeles Clippers and lives in Buffalo, New York, and roots for the Bills. And if I ever show up missing, he's the number one subject. There's someone who all of my sports commentary and my greatness if we will has is, it just it represents everything he hates in the world i don't think that's todd fricks but no, i understand
4: fritz he's from brooklyn and he roots for the broncos
3: Ooh, i'm sorry
6: broncos and astros uh,
4: yeah
3: astros fine it's tough to win when you don't cheat but it's fine <laughs> broncos.
4: Uh, next time you're on yeah we're going to show this right here this look okay. right there that's great i hope you're wearing the same sweater You know what? Maybe you got a baby picture. Maybe you send in one, you know, that your wife has one that you, you know, like little baby hot takes. We'll just say Nick Wright's joining us for baby hot takes. Little baby hot takes. Merry Christmas. Thank you, Nick. You too. Mm -hmm. Thank you, bud. Thank you, Nick. That's Nick Wright, Fox Sports 1. It's First Things
2: First. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com.